Hi there, and welcome to a special edition of From the Mailbag. I'm Robbie Carmen. I'm Dan Moran. And I'm Patrick Inhofer, and we're here to talk about DaVinci Resolve 12 Public Beta 1. Uh, it was literally released today to the public, and uh, we thought this would be a great time because the three of us were involved in the private beta uh, that preceded this by about a month. Isn't that about right, boys? Yeah, something like that, about four or five weeks. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and, uh, and so we've had some experience on this already, and we thought we thought we'd first talk about is what does it mean to be running on a public beta? What are the things we can do in order or that we do do to ensure that um, we don't block ourselves into corners? We don't have software that's constantly crashing on us when it's not actually a problem with the software. What are those types of things that we do to ensure that if there's a problem, it's actually a problem with the software that we can report back to the team? for them to fix because it is public beta. So part of my feeling on this, I don't know if you guys agree, is part of our responsibility if you're going to be running the public beta is if you find a problem, you report a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 key. And, you know, Dan and I have joked about this, you know, uh, sometimes it's hard to find the time to do that. But that is the whole point of the beta, uh, the beta process. And Pat, I think it's probably a good thing to kind of define what we mean by beta, right? right. In software development circles, you know, the team get you know, the developers get together and go, hey, we're gonna make a new version of the software, right? And they, they brainstorm it and features and all that kind of stuff. And at some point, they come out with an alpha release. And that's generally, I think, probably what we see at NAB when every year when, uh, Resolve is announced, you know, don't push that button or it will explode. <laughs> um, you know, and then they do some work for several more months getting into shape. There's, you know, some private testing, that kind of stuff. But beta software does not mean final software. I think um, Blackmagic, just like Apple has done and some other, you know, software developers have done, have taken things from merely the private side where, you know, you have some, you know, a pretty good group, but, you know, a select group of users kind of using the software. And they've done this public beta thing, which means that, you know, tens of thousands of users can now use it. But I, I think it's important not to lose track of the idea that um, this is a process where the software and its functionality are still in large part being worked out when you have a small group of testers you know you can test a lot and find some bugs but when you have a huge group of testers you're going to find even more bugs so i think that's a uh, that's an important thing to note um before people go on twitter or whatever and start complaining about this and that uh this is a process of development in software yeah and i think also uh Unlike other companies, for instance, I know Apple, they have their iCloud and they have like iWorks up on iCloud. And that's been in beta, public beta for like three years. <laughs> they just stack it beta, which basically means we don't know we, if, it, if it breaks, it's not our fault is what they're saying, right? So they're not willing to warranty it. DaVinci, the Black Magic team on DaVinci Resolve hasn't done that. You know, they tend to be, the beta periods tend to be very defined. And then in a month, Six weeks, they call it a lock, and it's a release, and then away we go. Um, so they've been good about that. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things to understand is that I, I understand the end user's motivation to go, I want the software to do exactly what I want it to do, right? Um, but at this point in time, um, you know, beta testing is less about feature development and more about making sure that stuff works as advertised and what they've already developed. I think it's tempting, and it's probably already happening today. You know, the software's released, and you know, thousands of people have downloaded it, and they're making lists of why doesn't it do this? Why doesn't it do that? Why doesn't it do yeah, this? That's not that. the point of beta software. The point of beta software is to test it that it does 
what it's advertised to do in the ways that it do it. Now, I'm not saying don't continue to make feature requests, but don't have unrealistic expectations that feature requests that you make during this process of beta testing are all of a sudden going to make it. Now, they might. I mean, Blackmagic has done that a couple times in the past, um, but they're not going to rehash or reinvent things entirely uh, based on feedback now about new features in this time period. Unless you can convince them that your feature request is actually a bug report. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can do that. Sometimes I, I got one of those through this year, and uh, I was really happy. It's, a, it's a, a feature request I've been making for about two or three years, and this year with the UI rejiggering, it actually looks like a bug now. And so I was able to say, look, hmm. this little pull-down disappears in this mode, and, it, and everything else stays. It's a bug. It doesn't react the way the rest of the UI reacts, and suddenly it's my feature request for two years finally got implemented, which was kind of fun. Now, Dan... When you're beta testing, and you've been on the developer side of this as well, do you have some uh, rules or guidelines you like to follow so that you don't kind of blow up your system in the middle of a job? Yeah, like the the number one thing to do is when you see the public beta release, just stop and breathe for a moment. Think, right, what am I doing? Am I in the middle of a big project? Am I getting paid tomorrow for a job? And if you know it all explodes and I lose work, are people going to get mad at me? That's the main thing is kind of take stock of where you are and... Say you've got a quiet day tomorrow, go for it, install it. But again, before you do that, make sure you back everything up. So yeah, I mean, can I can I add to that, Dan? I mean, I the the way that I take a swing on this is because you know, I mean, testing software on an island doesn't do much, right? I mean, we've all we've all talked about that. That you know, hey, I'm just going to test it with some demo footage. That doesn't do anything. It's real jobs. Um, what I've been prone to do is. Um, you know, I use, you know, on the Mac side, I'll use something like Carbon Copy Cloner or something like that. And I'll make a duplicate of my boot drive onto another drive. And I'll use that for beta software, you know, beta stuff from, you know, Blackmagic or Adobe or whoever it is. Um, and I'll, I'll try real projects there. But then at least if stuff blows up and I'm going, oh, my God, I'm, in, you know, in the middle of something, I can always revert back with minimal hassle uh, to where I was before without having to, you know, kind of uninstall and reinstall and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the main thing you'd have to remember with Resolve 12 as well is that once you go and start a project in Resolve 12, there is no way back. So you need to make sure that, you know, like you don't uh, get stuck on, on that island. So great advice on that side. That's a good point. And Pat, I know that you've in, uh, talked about this a lot in our DaVinci Resolve Deep Insights training for Resolve 11. And well, by the way, we're also uh, about to launch on our version uh, 12 of that same training. Yes. Um, uh, but Pat, tell us a little bit more because I know you know this backwards and forwards. Tell us a little bit about the interoperability of 11, 12, 12 to 11, and kind of your best practices for managing you know, databases, DRPs, and so on. Yeah, number one, uh, once you start in 12, you're not going back to 11 on that project. Uh, it's done. I mean, even I think, Dan, you were even saying that uh, power grades, you can't even import a power grade from into 11 that you saved out of 12. Yeah, right? so if you, if you export a still, it, it'll just show up with no nodes. Because I guess it's writing to like new data columns. Yeah. So when you go into yeah, 11, it gets There's all confused. sorts of new features and functions that yeah. didn't exist in, in those previous versions. So it's, it's fully expected that's not going to work. So what you want to do is... If you're, if you're working on existing or old projects, uh, my advice is not even to open those old projects in Resolve 12. My advice is if you're using a disk database, um, that you import those 
into Resolve 12. You do a fresh install of Resolve 12. You create a Resolve 12 database. I don't, I don't even like upgrading uh, databases from version to version. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, I've had, I've, I mean, in generally speaking, I, I don't know if I've had any, you know, catastrophes doing that. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say is that, you know, one of the ways that you could do it is back up your Resolve 11 database, right? Make that whether it's a disk uh, database backup or a. Uh, a SQL data, uh, database backup, and then upgrade it. So at least you have that, you know, kind of preserved 11 version. Um, but I think that, you know, I think even the developers will tell you that that's maybe not a perfect process. I mean, so I, I do like your idea of backing up first and then, you know, kind of importing those individual projects into a fresh, clean database. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like doing a clean install on a computer. You know, it makes sense. Yeah, and I consider that troubleshooting, right? Beta testing is troubleshooting. And one of the early things I learned early in my career as an assistant editor was, how do you troubleshoot? And the way you troubleshoot is to isolate one thing at a one time. Thing at a time. Yeah, thing. When you open up a Resolve 11 database or a Resolve 11 project, you're testing two things. You're testing Resolve 12 and you're testing Resolve 12's ability to update or import an existing project. So it's tough to isolate what's killing me. Is it Resolve 12 killing me? Or is it the translation from an earlier version to a later version? So I almost always like to at least at the very be at least start with a fresh database, you know, the first time you're working on a new version of software. Now that makes me think too, Pat, about uh, kind of hardware and drivers oh, and God. other, you know, the other things <laughs> oh, like <yeah>. OS <laughs> and, all, you know, and all that kind of jazz. I mean, typically what happens in a part of these beta, beta, you know, software drives, if you will, is that, you know, minimum specs are updated, minimum hardware is updated and so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, if you're one of those users, I think there's a lot of them out there who've kind of like, you know, sandbox their machine, you know, for drivers and all kind of stuff because it works um, just be aware that you might have to do some additional work uh, updating CUDA drivers or your OS or whatever it may be uh, to play nice uh, with this new yeah, version of I, I had to do that myself I, I put my resolve out of action for half a day by not going to an authorized professional to upgrade my drivers so I'm, I'm on a Linux box so I thought I'll just upgrade the deck link myself all of a sudden I'd screwed up permissions and then uh, bye bye resolve so, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, there's, and there's a lot of things. There's there's deck link. There's, you know, all of those kind of things you have to consider. And, uh, you know, I, the way I always do those kind of things, guys, is I just make a little checklist of all the possible things. And I go, yep, updated that, updated that, updated that. Um, and this is a, a, another case in point when, you know, don't just ignore those uh, performance specs, you know, those minimum, you know, uh, You need to read those uh, in the readme. They're in the readme. And the readme will tell you what's the minimum Mac, Windows, or Linux OS what are the min minimum uh, graphics drivers? And you need to abide by those. If you're not at those specs, and I, I know some beta testers who were working in 10.9.5, which is not an officially supported OS. It just means that the feedback you give res the DaVinci team, uh, it's going to get put to the bottom of the list yeah, because they're going to yeah. start with supported OS's first, and when they get through all those other things, then they'll start looking about backward compatibility. So in addition to checking your minimum requirements off the README, the other thing with Resolve 12, and I saw someone on Twitter do this today, is don't run Resolve 11 and Resolve 12 side by side. In previous versions of DaVinci Resolve, you could do that. You could run the public beta and install it separately and, and simultaneously with the previous version, you cannot do that in this version of Resolve. What they're telling you is 
is install Resolve 12 on top of 11. If you need to downgrade, just install Resolve 11 back on top of 12. Personally, what I do is I use the little uninstall utility that ships on the Mac. I don't know on Windows or, well, Linux is a whole other thing. Um, yeah, there's, there's yeah. some other things. And then, and... I do the uninstall and then I do the reinstall and I've moved back and forth between Resolve 11 and Resolve 12 several times without any issues. But uh, the guy on, on uh, Twitter, um, you know, he was having all sorts of crashing and it, because he had them both running at the same time, when he followed their recommended practice, uh, all that went away. Uh, so that's the, that's the other thing to remember about this public beta. And, um, and then also the, the SQL databases, uh, you're going to, Again, as Robbie talked about, you're going to have to either update that or start fresh in an import. Um, so you're going to have to make those choices as well. And I think that about covers like the major uh, things that we need to be aware of when we're updating from Resolve 11 to Resolve 12. Cool. So, uh, so when we come back in our next installment of this mailbag episode, we are going to talk about not only a name change with DaVinci Resolve, which is a kind of a big thing, uh, but we're also going to dive into a lot of the features that we like, some of the gotchas, and uh, things to be careful of as you dive into this new version of DaVinci Resolve. So be sure to come back and check out the next part of this episode. 